Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And God decided to accomplish what he wanted in our world. He would accomplish it basically through people, through you, and through me. And His will always involves a person in contact with God, ministering, reaching out to other people. So one hand to God, so we're in contact with Him, and our other hand reaching out and ministering to people. It seems kind of weird that God would choose to give people the task of spreading the news of his kingdom. I mean, we don't always do a good job of representing him to the world. Nevertheless, that's the way God has set things up, and we can't get around that fact. Pastor Mark is teaching that the gospel spread not through professional clergy, because there wasn't one, but it was spread by regular people whose lives had been changed by God, telling their friends the reason for the change. Do our friends see that dramatic change in our lives? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 1 of his message, Real Friends. We're going to study God's Word together. If you came without a Bible, you need one. So raise your hand. The ushers will bring one right to your seat. So get yourself a Bible. You can turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. Philippians chapter 2. We're going through the book of Philippians verse by verse. Philippians chapter 2. Now I want to open with three questions. So I need your attention as you're getting your Bible. Just keep your hand up if you don't have a Bible yet. We'll get it to you. Now, these are questions I want you to think about, but not to answer me verbally. What comes to your mind when I say people? What comes to your mind when I say friends? And what comes to your mind when I say real Friends. You see, there's many levels of friendship. On the overhead is concentric circles that kind of give us a look at your life and at my life. It always starts with, well, there's even probably another circle like acquaintances, somebody met once. But it starts with these casual friends. These are people that are Well, they're on your radar screen, but if you met them, you might remember their face, but probably you don't know their name. You might guess the first name, 
but you really don't know the second name. And they're just thousands of people, maybe even in your neighborhood. They would be called casual. Once in a while, you might interact. In our church, you know, with eight, 9,000 people every week, many of us are just kind of casual friends. Same at work. Well, as you move into intimacy and more knowledge, you move into the next circle, which is our personal friends. Now, these are the, the, the groups you get smaller. These are people that, well, you know their first name, you know their last name, you know a little bit about their family, you relate to them. It might be a home group that you're in, a fellowship group that you're in, it might be a club that you're in, it might be a neighborhood thing that you guys go golfing and the gals get together, do whatever. It's, a, it's some kind of a group that you know and maybe your, your kids are all on T-ball or whatever and you kind of get to know these people and you relate with these people and you, you have a lot of fun with these people. In fact, in that group, that personal group, some of you might take a weekend away. You might go camping together or do whatever. So there's a, definitely a different degree of intimacy. And then we move to that last little circle. It's called intimate. These are intimate friends. You know their first name, you know their last name, you know where they came from, you know their history, you know their children's name. You open up to them. They open up to you. See, we're not real with everybody. I don't mean that we're not, we fake it. We just don't open our heart to people. Now, really, in that circle, most of us will have four to six people at the most. Out of all the thousands of people you know, four to six will be intimate. Of course, if you're married, one of those is going to be your spouse, our best friend. But other than that, let me ask you today, can you name in your life those four to six people that no matter what, if you called them, they'd be there for you? If you called them at 3 a.m. in the morning and you said, my car's broke down. I just flew in from out west. Can you come pick me up? And then you tell them, because of a cost, you flew into Tampa rather than Orlando. (laughs) Did you just remove them from your list? Did you say to them, I used to be a good friend. I'm only friends with people that fly out of Melbourne. (laughs) By the way, if you can name those four to six people as real friends that you open your heart to, you're naked in front of, would your name be on their list? You see, today we're going to talk about friends. I'm going to give you three keys and then four qualities of a real friend. So let's let's learn together. First thing I want you to write today is this. God needs people. God needs people. Now, we do know that God's self-sufficient. And he could have created people as simply robots. He could have done everything he wanted to do in the world with angels. But he decided not to. God chose to create people, and then to use people to work through people to reach other people. You see, there's some things God can do, only God can do, and then there's some things that only you and I can do. And God decided to accomplish what he wanted in our world 
He would accomplish it basically through people. Through you and through me. And his will always involves a person in contact with God, ministering, reaching out to other people. So one hand to God, so we're in contact with him, and our other hand reaching out and ministering to people. You see, that's the way God does his work on earth. It's people touching people. Now think about that. Think how God reached out to many people, people you know of in the Bible. Abraham. One day God decided, I need a people. I need the Jewish people. And he picked a person, Abraham, a pagan. And he, well, he changed his life. And then he said to Abraham, I want you to obey me. And through you, you're going to touch the world. And of course, what happened is Jesus Christ came through that lineage. You can just go down the list. Moses, how God used Moses to touch people and David and Jonah and Mary and Joseph and Peter and the other disciples. And today, the apostle Paul, how God chose Paul and the people that interrelated in his life to touch their world. And then, of course, it comes down to the bottom line, you and me. We're simply people. And if I'm going to enjoy life, I need to discover what and how God wants to use me and use you and then fulfill his potential for me. And his potential for me always includes people. Now, most of us have worked in industry in all kinds of different places and you have a human resources department. We used to call it personnel. That shows you how old I am. But what was it all about? People. So that's what we're our church is just people. It's not a building. It's just people called out ones. And if you're going to enjoy life, you're going to have to learn to deal with people and to be that real friend to many. So number one, God needs people. Here's the second key of three. People need people. People need people. All through the Bible, we see that people needed other people to do life right. You see, God didn't design you, and he didn't design me to do life alone. If you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus could not have done God's will without other people. You remember the first thing Jesus did when he was 30 years old? As he began his ministry, the very first thing he did, he began to choose 12 disciples. They would have a group of 12. It would go down to a group of three and then down to John, the most intimate. You see, the circle was there. And Jesus could not accomplish the will of God without people. Today, we're going to discover that the apostle Paul knew he couldn't do life. And he couldn't accomplish God's potential for him without real friends. And you can't do life without those three categories of people. You and I cannot accomplish what God wants for us. And we cannot reach out and touch people unless we become that real friend or at least that close friend to many, many other people. Now, I know some of you already are 
Gangoozling. <laughs> Pastor Mike, I'm a loner. Don't care for people too much. Well, let me read you a little statement from Chuck Swindoll. Since none of us is a whole, independent, self-sufficient, super-capable, all-powerful hotshot, let's quit acting like we are. Life's lonely enough without our playing that silly role. So if you're here today and go, you know what, I'm a Lone Ranger, baby. I don't even need Tano. I just do life myself. You're foolish. You're wrong. It's impossible. God never made you that way. And the reason many people today do not have a lot of real friends or sometimes none is because you've been hurt. Really hurt. And you've allowed that to keep you from, well, it's paralyzed you. And you've never reached out again. And here you are trying to do life. It does not work. Now, in this church, we have five core values that we operate with that come from the Bible. Here's one of our five C's. It's called connect. Notice what it says. Connect to others in personal, vibrant relationships. I'm always on you to get into a small group, to get into some place where you can interact with people, that you know their name, that they can respond to you and you can respond to them. I'm going to challenge you again today. Please don't walk into this building and try to do life without close, personal, and intimate real friends. It will not work. You need to get a relationship with other people. And I'll tell you a little more about that. Now, the Apostle Paul knew the importance of real intimate friends. If you read the letters that Paul wrote, they're filled with people's names. As busy as he was, as many cities as he'd been in the world, he knew so many people. So let's put ourselves today where Paul is. When we get to Philippians, Paul is, well, he's in Rome. He's in prison. He doesn't know whether he's going to get out alive or not. But he's there. And we're going to see that there's two friends that come into Paul's life. One you know very well. When I mention it to you, you'll know him. The other one is kind of a cameo appearance. Most of us have never even heard of him before. But if you take Paul in this prison cell, and you take his two friends out of the picture... Paul would have never been able to reach God's potential for him. Plus, Paul would have been very lonely. You see, if you don't have friends, close friends, in your life today, number one, you'll never accomplish God's will for you. And number two, you sit here amidst thousands of people, but you're hurting And you're lonely. I want you to write this next statement. A life without real friends is a lonely and unfulfilled life. Now we begin in Philippians 2 verse 19. Paul says this. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send, here's our first friend to Paul, Timothy, to you soon. That I may be cheered when I, Paul, receive news about you. Let me give you a little background. Paul had established this church in Philippi in Greece. 
Timothy was with him when they started this church from just a, a number of women down by the water. This church continued to grow. Well, of course, Paul left, and he's in Rome, and Timothy happens to be with him in Rome. So Paul wanted to take Timothy and send him back to Philippi for two reasons. One, he wanted to give news about how Paul was doing. And, of course, the letter that we're reading right here, this was a letter. He wanted to give that letter to the Philippian church to challenge him. The reason we find that out is there's a little bit of division in the church. There's two ladies that are fighting. We'll see that as we move on in the weeks here. We'll get to that church problem. Well, the other reason was he wanted this guy, Timothy, to report back to him how that problem was going. You see, Timothy was a pastor. So when he would go to a church, he could assess what's really taking place. Well, this is going to be a tough call for Paul. Paul is in jail. He's in prison. He's only got two friends. And he loved Timothy. He loved him. And Timothy brought him joy and encouragement. But since Paul was in prison, he couldn't go to Philippi. He would send Timothy. So this shows us something very important, that Paul was a good friend. Because he's unselfish. He's not just thinking of himself. If he's thinking of himself, he's not sending Timothy. Tim, I want you here with me. But he's thinking of the benefit of the Philippian church. God needs people. People need people. What are the characteristics of a good friend? A real friend. Let me give you about four of them this morning. First one I want you to write down is this. A real friend is available. Look at verse 20. Paul says, I have no one else like him, Timothy, who takes a genuine interest in your affair or your welfare. You see, Timothy is with Paul. Timothy is available. Wherever God has you right now, God wants to use you right now. So often, before we get involved with people, we go, well, you know, I may be moving past tomorrow, they're moving my job, and they're changing, or I'm going to college, and I'm not going to be here for three years, why would I want to make friends with people here? And here? We have all these crazy, stupid excuses. Let me just say this to you. Well, let me, let me say it like this. Anybody breathing? Anybody breathing? Let's breathe together. Here we go. One, two, three. Everybody's breathing. Praise God. By the way, if you're not, we have medical people. We take care of you. No problem. Now, if you're breathing, look at me, read my lips. You're available. You're available. I didn't say you were willing, but you are available. So when Paul looks, he's a little discouraged because as he looks around, he discovers, well, he doesn't have a lot of good real friends. See, all I want to challenge you with this morning is this. Wherever God has you, you be a friend there. You're available. See what God wants to do in your life to touch other people. Now, many of you have heard this little statement. I went outside to be a friend, but could not find one there. I went inside to be a friend, and friends were every. Where? Some people, when they come to a church our size, they just say this. Church is too big. Church is unfriendly. 
I'm not into tattoos, but if I would, I'd tattoo this sucker right on my forehead for him. Look at this verse. This is a great verse. It's found in Proverbs. Look what it says. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So what does the Bible say? If you want to have friends, you have to what? Be a friend. You have to go out of your way. You have to be a friend. So if somebody comes to me and says, Pastor Mike, this church is unfriendly. I say, anybody you invited to your house? Well, no, I'm waiting for them. Hello. The Bible says, no, you yourself must first be friendly. Let me give you a couple little guidelines to remain lonely with no friends. Some of you won't write these down because actually you can give me many more probably, but I'll just give you a few. Number one, here's how to remain lonely. Never take the first step in a relationship. Sit and wait for others to make the first move. You're out there griping and ganguzuing and church is too big, can't find it. It's an unfriendly church. By the way, this is not an unfriendly church. That's your problem. Number two, avoid any small group at all costs. Never get involved, but stay safely hidden in the masses. Some of you don't even want to go to Vieira because it's getting huge. You could do it in Vera. You can't do it in Orlando, and you can't do it in Sebastian, but you love this church. Because, see, there's six, 8,000 people here in this campus. Every so you could just come in, get, you sit right down in the seat. Take your Bible, take your notes. Just get right on the seat and go right to the car. <laughs> Hi, how are you? And you're hidden in the masses. And you know nobody in this room. And then your statement is, it's an unfriendly church. No, you're unfriendly. And, read my lips, you're lonely. It's time to do something about it. Let me give you one more step. Remain lonely. Number three, love things and use people. Don't bother making friends with people unless they can somehow increase your worth. See, if you look for people that can just help you, but you're not going to help them, before long, you won't have any friends. It's got to go two ways. So don't, don't do that. Don't try to do life alone. Open up, be real, develop friendships. You take the first step. A real friend is available to do whatever is needed. Look at verse 21. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Now, what is Paul saying? Watch me. It's very simple. Let's just picture one of our campuses as the church at Rome. Paul established a group of believers at Rome. So he looks out among all the Roman believers, and he says, I can't find anybody to take this letter to the Philippian church. I have to get Timothy. I can't find anybody in all of this church to do what I want to do. You see, the people in the Roman church, they were available, but they weren't willing. We learned today that amazingly, God needs people. Pastor Mark reminded us that people need people too. And a life without real friends is a lonely and unfulfilled one. We also found out that the lonely life is against God's plan for mankind. We were taught what the Bible has to say about friends and their importance to the successful living of our lives. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll continue the teaching, Real Friends. Pastor Mark will enumerate the characteristics the Bible says an authentic friend should have. Even though much deceit and deception abounds today, the value of a true friend is worth the hassle of finding them. Also important was realizing that to find a good friend, we need to be a good friend. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.